Hello and welcome everyone. Thank you ever so much for joining. Um, my name is Peter Fisher. I'm a freelance web and mobile applications developer. Today we're going to be talking about um, whether or not I feel typecast as a front-end, back-end or full-stack developer. And what does that actually mean? What are those categories and where should one fall into that category? And we're going to be talking about this in terms of recruitment as well. Um, for anyone who's uh, new here, uh, hello. Um, <laughs> this is this is all very raw. This is all very uh, live. Um, on Tuesdays, we have a a programming tutorial, and that tutorial is uh, currently on AWS S3. And I'm going to be putting out four tutorials, so one a week. Um, and then I have the whole course is uh, 11 tutorials and you can pick that up from Udemy or Skillshare. Links are in the show notes below. Um, and so that's the Tuesdays. The Wednesdays, we do a live stream like this where I where I choose a particular topic. This topic, in fact, has come from um, a question that I was asked off the back of last week. On the Friday, we do a, a pre-recorded show. So it's a pre-recorded thing that I usually do on the weekends. Um, and uh, last week was all about the different web development tools that I use on a daily basis. So if you're new here, do consider subscribing because hopefully you'll learn something about web development and programming. Um, and also um, come and join and ask questions along the way. So I also use this live stream as a, as a way of just talking about what I get up to as a freelancer on a day-to-day -day basis. And this week has been very busy, like like all the other weeks. Uh, there's been all sorts of, of different programming languages that I've been sort of diving in and out of, um, mostly JavaScript, CSS, um, and obviously PHP. But I've also been doing a tremendous amount of work on the, um, the Python uh, course that I'm doing for Pact Publishing. Now, I'm not going to be talking about that too much uh, until that course is, is um, more um, uh, developed, but it's a lot of recording, hence this green screen behind me. Uh, I was doing a lot of recording on that this morning, um, about 7 a.m. before the actual working day actually started. Um, and it was me talking about the code as I write the code and, and so forth, all about Python. Um, so loads of Python, lots of PHP work, um, doing APIs and stuff like that. Uh, and the CSS and the HTML was configuring the front end um, after those APIs were created. So you could kind of call me, if you needed to put me in a, a category or a label, uh, then I would probably be classed as a full stack developer. Now I've also, I also sort of class myself as a mobile app developer too, because I do, and I have done several mobile applications for both Win, for both um, Android and for uh, uh, iOS. However, I don't, tend to work on Java or Android and uh, Xcode for iOS. I tend to use JavaScript. I use Titanium and Accelerator as a way of creating those applications um, in JavaScript and then cross-compiling them down to their native counterparts uh, when they, once they get built. So the applications that I have built in, in uh, for, for mobile phones have tended to be 
uh, quite simple in the sense that they are simply just a series of forms that people uh, use to communicate, and then that would get sent off to the back end through an, an API. And in some cases, I would be developing that application um, in in say JavaScript, and as as well as the backend, as well as the the database, as well as the API. So that being involved in the full spectrum, the start, middle, and end of that whole application. So it's a bit awkward for me to to say that I am a a front end developer or I am a back end developer. I've never really wanted to to cut myself off from being classed as a particular developer. I've never wanted to just say, you know what, this is not my bag, this isn't my cup of tea, and I'm not going to be worrying too much about um, this particular programming, web development discipline, or language, or framework, or style of doing things, because this isn't my remit. I try and, and, and discover as much stuff as I possibly can do in the web in general, whether that's being on the mobile phone or whether that's being on the back end or whether that's being um, on the front end. Now, of course, the challenge there is that you become um, not a master of one single discipline. You become a jack of all trades. And so you can never say that you're, you're, you've, you've got full um, focus on a single thing, um, which is the problem with full stack developers because they they know they have an appreciation for the full stack, but they don't necessarily have the the the, the raw focus, the dialed in, nailed down focus on a particular language. And often, a full stack developer would lean to one side. So they would lean heavily towards the back end or lean heavily towards the front end. It's very rare that you'll see a, a full stack developer that runs the, uh, runs the line very well. And it's tricky because, you know, you, you work towards your skills and you, you end up working, um, to those skills as in those skills that you find more comfortable with, you will tend to be working with them more often. Um, and as a freelancer, this is this is often the case. So often I will be picking up work that I know that I can do, right? You you wouldn't want to pick up work that you know that you couldn't do because it would be, you know, there'll be you would have to factor in a lot of a lot of free time to actually learn the stuff that you're de dealing with. It's very different from when you're a, f a full-time developer working for a single company uh, because they they will treat you as a f as a f uh, as a front end as a back end or they'll treat you as a f a full stack but they will know through the years that you've been working there where your skill sets actually lie um and so they might be giving the front end work to the front end developers and then asking you to just sort of like oversee it or or look after a small percentage of the front end but not give you the full front end because they know that your skill sets uh, lie in different areas um so yeah i basically want to talk about all of that today and also the recruitment side of things um however before i do that let's just uh drag this down a wee bit do, do, do bear with me just a second. I want to talk about um, some things that uh, I've I can I can give you guys as an offer. Um, I know that you guys, you're all programmers, you're all web developers, 
And I have been in touch with various companies to provide different resources to uh, programmers and web developers. The first one is um, a Halloween sale for a press and this is 40% off whoops 40% off books and programming uh, bits and pieces so let's just copy that into the chat window here um so that's a press that's the halloween sale it's 40% off their their books and also there is a name cheap sale which is uh, an ssl certificate sale which is 49% off let's just uh, put in a space whoops Sorry, there we go. So they're the, the two. They're the, they're the two um, offers that I can provide on this live stream and throughout this month. Uh, so do check that out, and also the links will give me a little bit of a kickback as well, which is great. So if you if you want to learn about programming, if you want to get some books, if you're looking for an SSL certificate in your current uh, project, then do check that out, and it will also support the channel, which is fantastic. So. I want to talk about um, the different types of developers, and I also want to talk about how I chose um, the, the the disciplines that I've selected. This comes from the back of a question that I was asked by um, a, a commenter called Rich Williams uh, last week after the last uh, live stream, and that was whether or not I have any kind of regret on or and pressure to learn other programming disciplines. If I was to do things again, would I be doing things differently? Would I be choosing a different set of, of uh, languages and frameworks to learn? Do I feel any pressure to learn other particular frameworks and other particular skills? Um, and do I have any regrets in what I've learned today? So I've kind of parceled this up in the whole sort of like being typecast as a, as, as a particular type of web developer. So that's what I want to talk about today. Just bear with me a minute, guys. Hmm. Because I was doing the recording this morning, I've, I do have a bit of a dry throat, so I'm a bit froggy. So uh, just bear with me. So I, I started off learning languages that I don't use. So that's the first, that's the first point. The languages that I learnt, I don't use on a daily basis. The languages that I started learning were things like um, Java. I don't use Java on a daily basis. Um, I learned uh, C, uh, C Sharp. Uh, I don't use C Sharp on a daily basis. Um, and I, I learned ActionScript, which is the, the Flash um, sort of uh, way of creating animation, which is now being completely taken over. And in fact, Flash is no longer. Um, and I don't use that because simply nobody uses that. So I started out learning stuff that I don't use. And in fact, when I was at university, I learned um, API responses via XML instead of JSON. So I was, I was learning SOAP rather than REST and uh, RESTful APIs. So so I started learning stuff that I that I don't necessarily use today. However, I do obviously use the knowledge that I gained from all of, the, of those things. There's a lot of skills in all of those languages and frameworks that are very transferable. Um, so for example, learning object orientation, learning how just the general syntax works, learning the various different design patterns, 
um, and learning the what, what you can and cannot do in certain things, um, certain languages, what languages are better suited at certain different things. I then did a, I, I then self-taught um, uh, PHP. I then self-taught um, Python and other languages as well. Um, I self-taught, well, I say self-taught PHP, um, and I guess you could call, say, self-taught JavaScript as well, but I was actually taught that both of those, but they weren't, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't, it wasn't like a proper structured course. It was, it was at university and we kind of delved into it. It was kind of like, and this is PHP, you know, so it wasn't, it wasn't a strict PHP thing. Um, however, coming from the other languages that I had learned before, it was very sort of simple to pick up. I found it quite an easy thing to, to do. And in fact, when I was at, um, the first web development job, the full-time job that I ever had, um, they actually put me on a PHP course specifically for object orientation, which was fantastic because it kind of opened my eyes as to what PHP can do, uh, with OO. Um, because all the stuff I had learned from PHP before that was mostly um, sort of functional stuff, scripting kind of stuff. Um, so that was good. And also the the person who was teaching me was very, very good at um, talking about design patterns. And that was fantastic. In fact, because I, because I was working full time on PHP applications, he was able to uh, I was able to ask him things, sort of real-time questions, problems that I was currently having at that time at my current job, and he was able to dissect that. So basically, that's kind of where I, how, how I was able to, to be a, a PHP developer. And then I worked for, um, I was there for like four or so years. Then I went to Fast Hosts and worked there for like two and a bit years. Uh, then I worked for as a remote developer for like four and a bit years, and now I'm a freelancer. And I've been a freelancer for, for well, I've been a freelancer ever since the very start of me being a PHP developer because I was doing freelance at university, I was doing freelance at college, so it's very difficult to pin that point down. But the point is that you kind of go with the flow, as in if someone asks you, can you do X, Y, Z? If you know how to do, say, 60% of that, then you go and find out what the rest of the 40% is. You, you go away and discover that. Um, so I've never really sort of bolted down the, the what I know and what I don't know. I certainly n know what I don't know, but I'll go and seek out and discover that, uh, discover the answer. Uh, however, it's very difficult as a freelancer to sort of like walk that line. Um, because time is money and you have to ensure that you are, you are just doing work to pay the bills, but also you as a developer are also developing your skills. The trouble is though, when it comes to recruitment, when it comes to talking to people who could get you jobs and positions, because they often like to put you in buckets, whether you're a front end developer or a full stack developer or a a backend developer, as I've mentioned, or a, or a mobile developer. It's very comfortable as a human to be able to um, to put yourself in those kind of brackets. 
And I have spoken to several developers before, and they like that comfort. They prefer to be a front-end developer and not a back-end developer. They don't like the idea of being full stack. That is an uncomfortable-ness that they, they, that they think. Um, and in some cases, I've spoken to developers who don't touch any kind of deployment or any kind of DevOps. They don't have any care about how the application is actually going to be deployed. Whereas what I like to, and, 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 and no disrespect to them, that they are extremely good at what they do because they know exactly what they know, right? And, and they have no desires to know anything else. And that's, that's fine. That's very fine. That's, that's okay in my book. However, personally, I like to know as much as I possibly can do about the whole thing, about the whole journey of building a website, deploying that website um, from both the, the aspect of the database, the back end and the front end. I want to know all sorts of bits and pieces about SEO, for example. I, I want to know all sorts of nitty gritty details about the, the, um, how, how you can secure bits and pieces. So I kind of have my fingers in many pies in that kind of knowledge base. Um, however, I certainly won't say that I would be an expert in a single discipline because that's, you know, that's doing a, an injustice to the, to those people who have, who have, um, just worked in that particular discipline and, and, and know that like the back of their hand. Um, it also is a benefit in the, in the freelance sense, because I'm able to signpost clients to various other uh, resources or, or, um, or, uh, uh, developers who are that so refined on that particular discipline, uh, which is good because it means that my network is quite large because it means that I, because I have access to those particular resources, because I'm interested in those particular resources. Uh, I have a, uh, I would say a reasonably sized network of things that I can either signpost clients to or get advice on if needed. We simply a PHP developer, um, especially as a freelancer, just in case the market suddenly goes down and you no longer are able to do any work on PHP because there's no PHP work out there. However, things like Go and things like Python have shot up. So you've got to, you've got to be very careful in terms of the longevity of putting your stake in the sand, putting a line in the sand and saying, this is what I care to know and no more. Um, so there's, there is, there is that. Um, the thing is though, with the difference between full-time and with, um, freelance is that when you can go, when you go to a recruitment, uh, agent, when you give them your CV, you can you can tailor that to be a particular discipline. You can you can say that you are strictly this kind of type of developer, um, and you can dress that up to meet the requirements and the specifications of the um, of the job that you're 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 after. So, um, and with with freelance, it's it's not really like that because the jobs that I get. You don't really give your CV to, to, to the clients, um, unless they're like a, a massive company, uh, or, or what have you. It's kind of like most of it is word of mouth. And so you would, 
you you've already you've already dealt with that you've already dealt with that um that 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 barrier of entry because someone has recommended you rather than you're trying to put your your fishing rod into the water and you're trying to get um a, a job from a job board that's it's 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 a very it's a very different beast um do i have any regrets though do I have any regrets in what I know and what I don't know? Um, so I would probably have learned Python earlier. Um, in terms of what languages I would have liked to have learned, or frameworks that I would have liked to have learned, um, I would have liked to have learned uh, JavaScript earlier. I would have liked to have not learned so much of the action script. I would have liked to have learned more of the raw JavaScript. Um, I would have preferred to have um, had more of an understanding of the design patterns earlier, um, but you know these these aren't these aren't terrible regrets. These are just the way way things are. Do I feel pressured in learning things like um, uh, Node.js um, and and all of that stuff? Uh, no, not really, because as a freelancer, you can sort of navigate the 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 path that you're on you can you you dictate that so i won't go for any node js jobs because i'm not a node js developer so there are there are times where i will put barriers up and i will say that i'm not going down that path um and you also have to take into account that that in order for me to get a node js job i would need to learn node js as well as i know php and python um, and, and all of that other jazz. So it's, there would be a lot of time of me to learn. And unless there's, unless someone is willing to allow me to learn that on the job, which you really rarely get when you're a freelancer, you only get that when you are working full time, um, then, you know, and, and, and that's why I su have always suggested that if anybody wants to be a freelancer, at whatever skill industry whatever to be a full-time person in that in that uh, skill set first get an understanding of what it is that you're going to be doing try and get as much training as you possibly can and then become a freelancer that is such an easier route than just coming out of university or college or being self-taught and then going you know what i can do this on my own because it's not that easy, especially, well, especially wasn't for me. I needed to have that confidence of working with, with, you can say, well, these are the websites that I built when I was a full-time developer. Um, and, uh, and, and away you go. In terms of the YouTube channel, this how to code well thing, I do this on my on on my Todd, it's basically me doing this. So this is what I do in my my full time. And there has been a couple of times where I've looked at this channel, and I've I've kind of thought, you know, this isn't this isn't a good reflection of the skill sets that I know, because you would be you would be um, forgiven to think that it is simply just a back-end developer creating back-end development tutorials. It isn't, and it's, it, it isn't like that. 
I mean, for example, a large part of this week was spent working on CSS and JavaScript and HTML and Twig and, and Ginger too, you know, th- those kind of templating engines. There is none of that in, well, there's a couple of HTML tutorials that I've done, but it's not, it's not obvious that I am a full stack developer by just going to this how to code well channel. So I need to be very cautious as to what I put out on this channel going forward, I think, because I'm in danger of typecasting myself as just a teacher of back end. Because, you know, I've got a I've got a Docker in Motion course from Manning Publications. I'm doing a course for packed publishing and there's another one in the in the pipeline too. Um all of which are back end. So the Docker is obviously DevOps, the the packed one is Python. They're all DevOps or back end stuff. And they've chosen those languages. They've asked me to do those languages because they've no, they know that that is what I've done on my channel. They don't know that I can do other bits and pieces because that isn't, that isn't advertised. And I can kind of see this kind of going into this spiral where the more I do the backend tutorials, the more requests I'm going to be doing of backend tutorials, which means the more backend tutorials I'm going to do. And therefore, I'm going to be seen as a backend developer on this How to Code Well channel, which is why I would like to do some front-end stuff, um, be it CSS, be it JavaScript, um, maybe some mobile application stuff too, just to balance that kind of stuff out. Because this How to Code Well channel is also, um, I mean, it, it has also brought in work in the freelance sense, which is fantastic. But again, that work is purely back end. <laughs> so, so there is there is that that I need to consider and and take into account. Um, it's it's kind of like you're kind of juggling. You're kind of juggling really. Um, what priorities you have and what priorities and stuff. And also, I've been building the howtocodewell.net website. Again, that is all me. I designed that. I created that. Um, nobody else has been involved in this process. Uh, so I am having to do all sorts of things, including the marketing. It does take a lot, a lot of time. So I don't often have these kind of moments of review, but I was looking at the channel the other day and I just thought, you know what, you're coming across as a backend developer. And also the conferences and the talks that I've given, they're all in the back end. They're all PHP Southwest. They're all PHP Serbia. They're all uh, PHP South Coast. There's nothing that I've gone to that has shown any kind of front end stuff. However, I did go and see uh, Brist Tech um, and there was a fantastic demonstration on GraphQL. So yeah, um, it, it's, 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 it's something that I'm aware of being a typecast developer. But anyway, that's basically the rant that I want to say. <laughs> I'm going to cut it short. 
today because um, my throat is starting to kill. Plus, I've got bits and pieces that I need to get on and do uh, this evening because I've got meetings and so forth tomorrow. But that's my thoughts on becoming typecast as a freelancer, uh, whether it's a front end developer or a back end developer or a uh, mobile app developer. And I should say, actually, before I go, that you can you can also say that you are a WordPress developer or you are a Concrete 5 developer, and that is the only thing that you do. Um, and if that is your case, if that is the thing that's giving you money, then fair play. You know, I have got no problem in anybody saying that they are um, a particular kind of developer. I just think one needs to review and see, you know, and, and, and just check what other people think of you and what other people expect of you. My challenge, of course, or my fear is that whenever I do any kind of JavaScript stuff on this How to Code Well channel, uh, people are going to be like, you're a backend developer. This is not what I expected. Um, it was one of the points why I chose the title How to Code Well, because that's that says exactly what this channel is all about, but it doesn't give any specifics as to the actual code that you're going to be learning. So there you go. Anyway, thank you ever so much for watching, guys. Happy coding. I'll see you again soon. Cheers.